Welcome to Firefly Ignite. I'm your host, Lauren Roberts, and my hope is that as you listen to the stories on this show, that your story will come alive in a new way. Today I'm interviewing Andrew Vickers, also known as Stoneface. He is a sculptor based in Sheffield, England, and I think you're really going to enjoy this chat that we had. Incidentally, this is the first interview I was actually able to conduct in person. We were at his studio and lockdown restrictions had been eased for a few weeks, so it was so great to be able to speak face to face. I hope you enjoy it. It's great to have you on the show here today, and it's such a privilege for me uh, because I have been beautifully impacted by your creations for well over a decade just by living in this area and finding them here and there spotted throughout the valley. Even my son's school has a Robin Hood sculpture. Oh, right. Locksley there. Right, yes. So it's really a privilege just to be able to talk to you face to face. That's very kind of you. And hear about (laughs) this. So can you tell me a bit more about Stoneface Creative, which is a father-son team as well? Yeah, um, I mean, Stoneface started many years ago by me putting a stone face in a dry stone wall that I built. So Stoneface was born probably maybe maybe 30 years ago, I don't know, I don't really count. But then my son, uh, well, Stoneface really wasn't doing anything as a business. And, and to survive, whether you like it or not, to survive in this world, you've got to be a business. Uh, if, you want, if you want to do something of relevance, you know, to keep working and to keep creating, and that is what I want to do. I, I don't want to not create. So um, Thomas came on board to do sort of the, the, the social media and, and publicising and sort of graphic work, and he does... He does all the bookkeeping, he does everything, to be honest with you. I'm very lazy. <laughs> but what he, what he actually did was free my mind up to not, to not worry about anything other than creating. And, and it's my experience that if I cannot think clearly 100% of the time on what I'm doing, uh, it gets really stagnant. And, and so that's what Thomas brought to this business, but he's brought so much more now. And so when Thomas arrived, we became Stoneface Creative because it's no longer just me, it's me and Thomas. Right. It's Thomas and me. Right. That's wonderful. And just the fact that you get to work alongside of your son is such a gift. Well, it's, I mean, I can't explain how lucky I am. I mean, look where I work. My son works with me. It's it's like the greatest of all privileges, isn't it? It's it's a wealth beyond imagination. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it is, and I love that he brings such a necessary uh, piece to you know this this working together and this um, business, like you said. But it allows you to do what you do best, which is to create. Yeah, and the thing is, if if I get into doing, having to do something, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, clerically or whatever, it takes my brain off a path 
And then it takes me like a day, two days to get back into that zone, I guess, to, to create again. So Thomas gives me this most amazing freedom uh, of creating. And at the moment, I mean, I've got, I've got an idea for a, a, a quite a large sculpture, which I'll probably do uh, COVID-related to, to what we're all going through. It sort of struck me quite strongly the feeling of all this. So, uh, and then I've got, I've got, I think we've got about four or five commissions. So they're all in my head. All those commissions are finished because I know what they're going to be now. So I've got a mass of work all up in my head, and Thomas allows that to happen because if I have to break off and do something else, it sort of fragments and and it's not as clear anymore. Right. So. I would love to hear about this process from start to finish of, like you said, you have something in your head, you've already pictured it. It's already, in a way, it's already real It to is real you. to me, yeah. I so, mean, that's not spooky, but it is real Sure, to me. right. And, and, and so how do you get that uh, from start to finish? What does that look like? Well, the, the big commission, um, it's, I, I guess we're going to have to try and raise funds somehow because we they'll be I mean to, if it's going in stores wood my time's free basically but there is a cost to materials so even if I'm going to do it it's going to cost me so much money to buy the materials so if we can get funding it'll make it a lot easier for me because I can just create it if we can't I'll just carry on working till we've raised enough money in the business to do the sculpture but the one thing I'm never held back by and we we've never I don't think we've ever had a I don't think we've ever had a, a, a pot of money given to us to create anything but my art is my own art I don't have to run it by anyone I don't have to run it by a committee and say what do you think to this idea if I want to do it and I think it's worthwhile my time and that's not arrogance I'm sorry if it did sound that way but if, if I feel it's worthwhile and I want to do it then I do it uh, and, and that is an amazing freedom as an artist it is and not everybody might like it but really that doesn't matter either because I think the secret to art as well is whether people like it or not the most important thing is that they have an opinion and if you can get people to think about things then that can't be a bad thing, can it? Right. Yes. <laughs> so you had mentioned that Stoneface really began about 30 years ago. So were you always thinking that you, you might go into masonry? Uh, how did that process look for you? Well, uh, to be honest, I don't consider myself a stonemason for a start because they're really clever people and they work in... And, and do amazing work. I, I'm basically a sculptor, I guess. Okay. A, an artist, a sculptor. Um, and I start... I, I've done lots and lots of jobs. I'm not very good at being told what to do. Uh, I work very hard, but I, I suffer fools very... Well, difficultly. <laughs> well, I don't suffer fools. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've done lots of jobs, and then I've got this... This love of stone that's absolutely perverse. I just love stone. And 
I thought that by being a dry stone waller, that would fulfil that urge to be with stone all the time. And it, I, I started building walls, and it's, it's good because you're like alone and you've got solitude and time to think, but it's very repetitive. And one of the things I found was that all the walls I've built in this area, and they, they're obviously taken down and rebuilt, so they've been built in the past, I never ever found a signature of anyone who built them before. And I thought, people have spent long periods of their life building these walls and, and get no sort of recognition. Not that recognition's everything, it's just about realising somebody's been there. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to sign my walls. And I, I just, I do not know where the idea came from, but I thought, I'm going to carve a face and put a face into the wall. And at that point, I'd never carved stone in my life. I'd messed with plasticine and clay and things like that, but I'd never carved anything. So I took a piece of stone home with me at night, went in the shed, and over probably a week, just knocked this really simple face out uh, and took it and put it in the wall. and that is where Stoneface was born, because Stoneface was the signature. The Stoneface is the man who built it. Uh, and that's how it, it was born. But what I found was, if I can get an image, any image, into my head, then I can create it, which is quite strange. <laughs> so you didn't have any prior artistic experience or training? No. You just thought, I want to try this out. And you enjoyed it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm dyslexic, um, which is a strange thing, because if you put some words in front of me, I could read them to you, but I wouldn't understand what I'd read to you. So I've never read a book. I've tried to read books, but it just flies all over the place. So I've never, ever read a book, short of Peter and Paul and things like that. But um, I cannot copy things, so... Again, and people have asked me to, and I have done it, carvings in stone, and they write the names or whatever down, and I copy it totally wrong. It's absolute madness. It's like I'm taking the mickey out of myself. I did a stone for Stannington uh, for the Millennium, and I, I, I took great effort to find out how to spell Millennium, and someone spelt it out for me, and it took me weeks to carve this stone and put Millennium into it. And I spelt it wrong. <laughs> so it's quite frustrating. And I think I've just wandered off the thing and I don't really know what the question was anymore. <laughs> no, but I was asking, you know, did you have prior artistic training? Oh, no, because no, like, because I'm dyslexic, I failed miserably at school. Uh, I think the teachers, I think they found me hard work, really. I, I was... I was trek. I felt I was trek quite harshly at school, so I always sort of rebelled against it. I was, I was told I was thick at a very early age uh, because I don't suppose people understood it in them days. And I used to do daft things like because I'm called Andrew, I do daft things like spelling it with a B instead of a D, so to be Ambrew. And teacher said, "Are you stupid?" And it's. You really don't need that when you're a little child in front of class being told that. And it sort of makes you go sort of inwards. And I think that's what I did. I think I just went further in and in. 
But it's not a bad thing to me because it made me understand things differently. Right. It's so interesting. At, at that time in history, it, things weren't as understood as they are now. And so perhaps now it would have been more easily identified and worked with. And, oh, yeah. Um, but what you just said about the fact that it caused you to go inward... And what's interesting is that then through that first carving that you did, I kind of see it as your step towards then coming out again. Yeah, it, that, that's actually very, very true. That's a perfect uh, analysation because one of the very first figurative sculptures I did is called Naked. And that that's, uh, I don't know whether you'd know of it, but it's it's... Oh, there, that's it, the, the drawing on the, the painting on the wall. So that's naked, it's, it's a, a female form, and it's a woman in a, a boulder. And the boulder actually came from a dry stone wall, it was too big to put back in, so I asked the farmer if I could have it, uh, and he agreed. And the idea of that is, although it's female, it's actually me, and, and the idea is I'm in this fetal position, and I've suddenly found that I've been almost reborn into something that I didn't know I could do. Uh, and I created that almost straight from creating faces. Without any training, there's no models, nothing. It's just, I got the idea in my head and I knew how it worked and it just comes out. So it was sort of, it's, it's like God-given. I yeah. don't know how to explain yeah. it any other way. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that many people have this journey of of rebirth, of um, an awakening within themselves yeah. of oh, this is inside of me, and it 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 can it's safe for it to come out. Well, that that, that carving, I was, I mean, I, it it took probably years to actually show it anyone because I was so conscious about it, because um, it. it it is literally laying myself bare, saying, look, this is what I can do. And in many respects, whenever I said that, and this is not me feeling sorry for myself, but in many respects, in the past when I'd done that, it was always sort of berated, and not art or anything, but I was never, like, encouraged into doing things that were always so, oh, no, he's done what he's done. And I think I had quite a negative path until then. And then suddenly it was just this awakening, and, and I, it's just... I'm so fortunate. Look what I do <laughs> every day. <laughs> and any form of art, I think, can be so vulnerable to share with others. Well, that's a, that is the thing. But once you gain that strength to show it, it, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter whether people like it or not. It's everything's objective. Everything's a personal view. If people dislike it, at least. They've had a thought about it. They've seen it and thought, well, I don't like that. It's, it's not right. a problem. It's really not a problem. Right. It's just have, a, have an opinion. There's the secret yes. to life. Have an opinion. Yes. So do you feel like this one here that we're looking at, that was your first one, was that the most vulnerable step for you? Absolutely, okay. yeah. That, that one there, it's, it's like... It, it's laying yourself bare to the world. Mm -hmm. And then... Like, there's there's other artists out there, and then you 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 think, well, is it good enough to show anybody? And and you have all these self doubts, and then you realise that it doesn't matter whether it is good enough. 
It, it needs to be shown. It, you, people need to see it. It doesn't matter how many people see it, but you can't hide it all away. So, and it, it's that's been a, a sort of a, Thomas has took me on that journey really because when I bought the wood, I'd never let anyone in here. I just sort of had sculptures in here that I'd done, uh, so they weren't really to be viewed. And over the time that Thomas has been with me working. It's sort of become more public, and I've become even more comfortable. And that, when I say I'm more comfortable, that is a sort of a funny statement because I'm, I'm a, I'm a very shy person, and I'm contradicting myself, I guess here. But I am a really shy person, and I'm not always fond of a lot of attention, which, are, because of what I do, I sort of attract attention. It's it's a bit crazy, really. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. So you can have, we have different parts of us, don't we? So we have, there's an introverted self. Um, and then there's also, a, you know, we have, we have a, a place too where we, we do engage with the world. Yeah. And I think I did a sculpture down the woods and it's called Behind the Mask. And the idea is that I actually wear Stoneface as a mask. So when Stoneface is out, it can be this extrovert and, and, and talk and do all these things. But actually, Andrew Vickers is really quite shy and he doesn't like doing that. So it's almost a dual personality. Sure. The other thing is as well, and it's a strange thing, but because we put just about everything on Facebook, because I'm so private, it's really strange because a lot of the work I show is really intimate. So, So it's actually... Unless it's a commission by someone else, the work I'm creating is actually something that I'm feeling. And so I'm showing that to the world, which is a really strange thing. So, again, that's, a, that's another... It's, I'm being so honest and people don't even know it, and I'm showing it to everyone. Uh, and yet I'm a private person, so right. it, it's a really strange thing to do. I know that I've struggled with social media, being an introverted person... It feels it can feel very um, audacious or uh, too vulnerable or arrogant even to put something out there for others to yeah, look view that, comment. That's, like, that's very true. That, I mean, that's that you put something out there and ask. Well, they press. Well, they don't always press the like button. Be asking people to press the like button. So you're asking people to like you, which is a strange thing. Why do you do that? It's just madness. <laughs> There's a part of it that just does not feel very natural. (laughs) But it brings me back to a question that I wanted to ask you, which is, what do you see the purpose of art and beauty in society today when culture is often so focused on what's efficient, what can be popular, uh, what's instant and or, or even what's entertaining and I feel like what culture emphasizes is actually very different from what art and beauty are meant to bring I sort of agree with that I mean I'm, I'm still in the stone age and it's very clear but you, there's lots of things happening trends and I think we're in this sort of trend for instant thing instant gratification and, and whatever but just because everyone else is doing that, don't mean to say I've got to do it. 
And I, I still see the beauty around me and every day I embrace what is here. I'm very fortunate. It's a woodland, it's, it's fantastic. And so I see nature constantly and, and we're just coming into autumn so leaves are falling off of trees. Uh, and we'll go through the winter, the trees will be bare and then spring will come and you'll get that smell of grass. The, the earth starts to smell, you can smell it's getting warm and, and it's starting to come to life and you suddenly realise that spring's here. And, it, and I'd much rather follow that cycle than some quick cycle that's running off down the road somewhere. Absolutely. And I, I, that is where my art's born, in nature. Yeah. And I just try and like portray that, I guess. Yeah. Just try and show people what, what it is. Because I think no matter how social media takes you, everybody gets to a stage when they think, well, actually, I'm fed up of that. Yes. So, so I don't follow it. I just do it. Yes. I do what I do. It's part of the business in a way. I hate well, to call it that. Well, but it is. It, I mean, art is a business. You can't get away from that. And it, it has to be. If I, I, I'd have to work doing another job uh, nine till five and then do art at night. Well, I can't do that. Because my mind needs to be engaged in art constantly. So it's got to be a business to allow me to work. So right. that's what it is. Right. So knowing that for you, this is really not about the money. It's not about the fame. But uh, what is it that inspires you and wakes you up every morning to just be present here? I just, I, I can't, I can answer it, but I can't answer that question because... If you look around, it's very apparent what gets me up. And I just absolutely love being here. I love life down here. It's fantastic. I'm just sort of engaged with nature, but working and allowed to engage with everything that goes around you. It's it's just incredible. It is. And you've opened up Storeswood to the public. At times you'll have open weekends. and, And I know that you've called it the Green Cathedral. Yes. And I, I'd love for you to explain that a little bit more and what is it that you're hoping for when people do come and are able to just enjoy these woods? What is it that you're hoping for for them? The, the thing with opening the woods up is, yeah, we're inviting people to engage with the art, but it's actually not about the art. It's about the woodland and the setting and people wandering around and everyone who wanders around here. I've never, ever heard anyone say anything bad. Everyone who wanders around here said there's just this air of tranquility and, like, love. And I can only think that because I've spent, I spent every waking hour. If I'm not carving, I'm working in the woods, uh, maintaining it and doing things that need doing. But every job I do, I love doing it. It's not, it's not work. It's, it's just the way of life and I enjoy it so much. I just love doing it. And I think you can feel it as you wander around this place. I think it just, I just spread it everywhere. I feel like part of what you bring to others is to help bring a greater sense of connection uh, within themselves and to the world around them. Yeah, I think going back to that question about what you want to achieve from this place it, it, it's about inviting families into this because 
I've got a young daughter and she's got one of them iPad things and she she sits and plays on it. But it's so important to bring children into this environment and show them what's out there and, and get them to engage into these things. Because as kids, we never had anything like that. And that's not our story. It's, we didn't have things like that. We were out playing till it went dark, out in wild. It was brilliant. I was so fortunate. So it's about getting families to interact together, not doing something... Because you go in pubs and these people sat next to each other and they're on the phones. They don't even talk to each other. They're probably talking to each other on the phones. It's like, what is this world about? Mm -hmm. So that's what it's it's about, sort of getting people to engage and talk to each other. Yes. Yeah. I love it. We've, we've had various groups down here, like scouts will say, or guides, both groups come down. They'll just say, can we come and have a walk around? And I'll say yes. And you, you can imagine, it's a, like a summer evening, and you can hear kids like screaming and laughing and playing, and, and that sound is just so magical. It's just, they're chucking sticks in water, and it's just absolutely fantastic, so simple. But it, it just fills your heart with happiness. It's wonderful. It, and it, it brings, uh, it's a centering, isn't it? So it's where people can be easily fragmented in life and scattered and, yeah. and distracted. And so coming into these woods or even just uh, observing one of your sculptures out and about in other places, if, if people are willing to pause just for a moment and give space to what's in front of them, I really do think it brings a, a centering and a, a reconnection with themselves and with the world around them. It does. You're right. It's like bringing your family to a table to eat together, isn't it? It's that, that's exactly what it is. You just come together and enjoy that experience together. Mm-hmm. It's sacred. Yeah. And so the, back onto the cathedral thing, I, I love the idea of... Um, because the big beaches, they, they, they're like these columns in a cathedral. So you walk into it and it's like this green cathedral. You're walking into this space that's sacred. If that's not building it up too much. But I just like that idea of... Uh, and, and cathedral, because uh, I'm not a massively uh, religious person, but cathedral's not interpreted by any one particular... Faith, I guess, and it's sort of a really quite loose statement. So you're not, you've got to be careful not to offend people as well. So it's, it's sort of telling people what you're thinking without sure offending people. Really. Sure, and the idea of when you think of cathedrals in cities, anyways, they were built in a way to allow people to get away from the world as they knew it, yeah, come yeah. into a sacred place and find peace, you know? Yeah. And so it is that idea that you can escape or get away from normal distractions and duties and find a hallowed place, you know, to reconnect. Yeah. So that's really And, and that's lovely. exactly what this place does. Right. <laughs> and I didn't build it. <laughs> you mentioned that you have scouts over, I mean, I know you've done a lot of work with the community. What are some other things that you've done this year we've got lots of ideas to work with schools and things and obviously because of covid it's all sort of not happened 
but it will happen. This COVID thing will go away in some form. It'll make life will get back to some sort of normality. But I think one of the last things I worked on with the schools was the the blood wall I built at the bottom, um, and it's sort of to remember the the. Well, it's called the Great Flood of Sheffield. Not great about it, really, but right. 1864, right. when Dale Dyke Dam burst. Um, and I built a wall that sort of... It, it flows. It, it's not like a straight wall. It's up and down. And then I covered it over on the top with turf. And, and the idea of the wall is that uh, it's the water coming down the, the valley and the turf is that nature... No matter what happens, nature heals itself, and it sort of healed itself. And at the bottom, there's like a, a bit of a swirl. And I, I went into schools, and we talked about um, what children's thoughts were about this. So in in little word, in one word, and and the idea is they they sort of gave me ten words that symbolised to them what they thought of it, and I carved these into a, like this spiral and like water disappearing and and it just it makes children from this area realize what happened because it was a massive disaster and very well few people know about it right and, and so that was probably one of the last times of work but like on the open days we have uh, groups come in that help us and and so they, we make clay models and things like that. So kids can actually make a sculpture and place it. In, they can take it home, but they can equally leave it here and have it in a sculpture park. So It's so great. It's just giving people ideas and opportunities. Right, right. It's just doing things. It's wonderful. Just a final question for you. What encouragement would you have for, for those who might want to pursue some sort of artistic endeavor but aren't sure if they have the capacity to, or maybe they feel too old for it, what would you say? Uh, well, <laughs> all I can say is, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You, you've just got to want to do it, because you have to give up things in your life to do what you want to. If you want a comfortable life, then don't do it. Just stay away from it. But if you've got passion and you want to do it, then do it. But don't be. There's lots of there's lots of people out there that will criticise you. There's lots of people who will try and hold you back. But you've got to fight on and do what you want to do. And if if you want to do it bad enough, then you'll do it. And that is the secret: never give up. That's great. Wonderful. It's been so great chatting with you today. Thank You're you again for your time. What a great interview with Andrew Vickers. You can find out more about him at stonefacecreative.com. Thanks again for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please share it with others. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. That will go a long way in spreading the word. See you next time.